We're, we're happy to be in this facility, and, and you guys are here with us in the beginning, and God is going to do great things. We're looking forward to being part of that. And uh, that, that's what this series about becoming hungry for God and wanting to draw near uh, to God is so important. You say, well, why, why do I need to? Because we need to draw near to God so that the Lord will fill us up and then we are overflowing. We're, we're touching, we're reaching, we're filling other people. We're, we're taking the gospel message to other people, and we're just, it's, it's flowing from our being. And so it's because we're hungry for God, and we want to share it with everyone else. I, I know a lot of times we, we look at the situation around us, and we say, we got to be in the, in the end times. we got to be in the last days. And in fact, at the men's retreat, some of us ministers were sitting around uh, with our district bishop, Brother McGee, and we were talking about end times, and we were talking about uh, the coming of the Lord. And I sat and I listened for the longest time talking about this and talking about that war and talking about is America going to fall and is this going to happen and is that going to happen? And God just impressed upon me, we got to keep the main thing the main thing. All right, And that's presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because yes, the coming of the Lord is very soon. And so we want to continue to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Okay, there's good news. The Lord is coming back. Okay, and uh, in the meantime, I'm going to occupy till Jesus comes. Okay, in the meantime, I am going to uh, continue to, to tell everyone about the goodness of God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And I want to draw near to God. God has been impressing upon me to become hungry for God. Let me share a few verses of Scripture with you in Acts chapter 17 this morning. And here's what the Bible says in Acts chapter 17, verse number 22. It tells us this. So Paul, standing before the council, he addressed him as follows. He said, men of Athens, I notice that you're very religious in every way. For as I was walking along, I saw your many shrines. And one of your altars had this inscription on it. He said, to the unknown God. This God whom you worship without knowing is the one I'm telling you about. He is the God who made the world and everything in it. And since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples. I wonder if you could remember some meal that you've, you ate in your lifetime, you know, you I don't know, maybe you went to a fancy restaurant or maybe it wasn't even a fancy restaurant. Maybe it was a, maybe it was a, 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 a gas station that served barbecue, okay? Uh, and it just, you, you had a fabulous meal. And some or another, you wish that you could go back there and have that meal all over again. My grandfather, and I, I've already mentioned barbecue, okay? My grandfather was amazing uh, at barbecuing chicken. It was especially. And uh, I really, I, I can still recall this taste of this chicken that my grandfather would barbecue. And I remember as a small boy watching him, and he, here's what he would do. He would actually take these, just the right combination of oak and hickory, not briquettes, logs, okay? And he would, he would begin to burn these logs, and he would burn them down until they become red-hot embers. And then he would take a shovel, okay, and he would take those, the shovel and scoop those, those red-hot embers into this brick fire pit oven thing that he had, milk, that he had built. 
And he would, then he would take it after preparing the fire. He would take a grate. He would lay it over the top of that. And then he would put these half chickens all over, the, over, that, over that grill. And then my, my, he would take a large piece of wood and he'd put it over the top so all the smoke would, would infiltrate and infuse in that meat. And he would cook for many hours. My grandmother in the kitchen, she's mixing together spices and sauces. And my grandfather is then going to take that and he's going to baste that chicken for hours on end. Okay? And we're all sitting around. Our mouth is watering. We're anticipating that meal. And then I can remember when it's all done and all the sides are done, Chris, and everything's ready to go. We assembled around the picnic table, and they had a picnic table. It was just a few steps from the fire, from, from the fire pit or the brick oven that, that Granddad had made. And we would sit around that picnic table, and right then, we, my grandmother or someone in the family would pray the prayer over the meal, and then we'd dig in. My, I remember my grandpa would always say, kids, you can have as much as you want. Just make sure you eat all of it, Okay. And we would dig into that. And I, I got this in my mind, and I, I just, I wish I would have been old enough to know the recipe and, and, and what all it took to do everything. Because I've never had anything quite like it. It's, it's a hunger that I've got still. And, and we've got a hobby in our family that we go around the country, and I've been to Kansas City, I've been to Memphis, I've been to Texas, I've been to a lot of places around, and we try to get the best barbecue we possibly can. Because as a child, I developed a flavor and a hunger for that. Uh, and so maybe, hopefully, you've got a hunger for, for not just food, because we need food to live, we need food to exist. But I'm talking to you about a hunger for God. Because every single one of us was created with a hunger to know God. You were made in the image and the likeness of God. And, and when God created you in his likeness, he, he put a hunger in, in your DNA. When God created Adam, God would come down in the cool of the day, the Bible says, and he would fellowship with Adam. And he would feed that hunger. He would, he would satisfy that spiritual hunger in Adam and Eve every single day. But then something happened that ruined everything. Something happened that ruined the feasting and the fulfillment because the devil came and tempted Adam and Eve and they gave in to that sin and sin separated them from God. Sin separated them from that satisfaction and that fulfillment and from that fellowship. But praise God, Jesus came and Jesus reunited us to that fellowship. Jesus made it possible that we could once more be fulfilled by God. He made it possible that we would once more, that we would be not only fulfilled by God, but then when we, we became a new creature in Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit would come into our life. And that God would actually dwell on the inside of us through the, through the Holy Spirit. And that God would satisfy our hunger. You were created with a hunger to know God, to walk with God to communicate, and to fellowship with God. And so the very first thing that I'm talking to you about today is this. I hope you're hungry for God. I hope you're hungry for God because God created you that way. You say, well, Pastor Bob, I'm hungry, it seems like, for everything else, but I don't know if I'm hungry for God. That's because we become so distracted, as I was talking about last week. 
But people of all times and all ages have had a hunger for God. They've believed in God. You can go, if, if, if somehow or another we could climb into a time capsule and we could go back to any point in history, you would find that people were worshiping God. They were worshiping some God. They were worshiping some deity. Why? Because man was created to know God, to walk with God, to worship God, because throughout history, people have been hungry for God. And I pray that once more that you are hungry for God. You're hungry to know God, to walk with God, to talk to God. The Apostle Paul traveled to Athens, and Paul found that the Greeks were hungry for God. And in fact, he found this. They were so hungry for God, they didn't just have one God. They had many gods. They had 12 major gods that they worshipped. And then they had sub-gods that they worshipped. Because some or another, they figured that one God wasn't enough. And so they had all kinds of gods. They had, they had Zeus, the father god, who was just kind of in control of everything. They had gods and goddesses. They had Athena, the goddess of, of, of wisdom. And they had Aphrodite, the goddess of love and sex and beauty. They had all kinds of gods. They had, they had God, uh, Poseidon, the god of the sea. All kinds of gods. Why? Because they didn't think that one god was enough. And Paul saw this in the city of Athens, that they were a very religious people today. Religion will never satisfy your hunger for God. In fact, Paul commended their religiosity. Paul said this. He said, I notice that you are very religious because you've got all these gods. You're religious. Religion will never satisfy you. Religion is not enough. Religion is something that has been made up and concocted by man. So religion is not enough, point number two. I hope you're hungry for God. Point number two, religion is not enough. You see, the, the, the Greeks had religion, yet they still sensed that they were missing something. If you've got religion, you'll sense that you're missing something. You can go through all the traditions, you can go through all of the rituals, and if you don't have a true walk in relationship with Jesus Christ, you'll always sense in your heart and spirit that you're missing something. You're missing something. Years ago, I taught a, a Sunday school class. We used to call it Sunday school class. How many guys remember Sunday school class, okay? Now we call it Christian education or small group or whatever but I taught a Christian education class and there's an atheist that kind of, kind of my, he was an agnostic. And he would come and sit right in the front seat every week. And I'd say, how you doing, Clarence? He said, I'm trying to find evidence of the big guy. He said, I'm looking, I'm searching. You see what Clarence was telling me? There's something missing in my life and I'm trying to figure out if, there, if God even exists. And he would come to my class. I said, Clarence, I don't know why you come to my class. You're a great storyteller, and I love to hear you tell these stories. I said, just keep coming back. Just keep coming back so I can keep sharing the word of God. Why? You see, you were created by God to have a hunger for God. The atheist, the agnostic, no matter how hard that they become, they have got a hunger to know God, to learn about God, because you were created that way. 
And so what people do is they find a religion, they find something that they can follow to try to fill that void. But I'm here to tell you today that just like Paul noticed in, in Greece, that religion was never enough. Twelve gods weren't enough. Twelve gods weren't enough. Paul said, you're missing something. And Paul noticed this, that they were religious, and yet one shrine stood out to Paul. Paul saw a shrine that was dedicated to the unknown God. The unknown God. You see, the Greeks sensed something was missing. They had 12 gods. And then they had scores of other sub-gods, if you will, and other categories of gods. Yet it wasn't enough, but they had a shrine that said, to the unknown God. So here's what Paul did. He stood in Athens and he preached to the leaders about Jesus Christ. He preached to anyone that would listen about the, the one true God. Okay? Now, listen, if you will open your eyes and ears and you will be sensitive to the Lord God will give you an opportunity to share your faith with someone. God will give you an opportunity. Now, I'm not telling you to go to work or to go to your school or to go to your neighbor and beat them over the head black and blue with a Bible. I'm not telling you to do that. But I'm saying this, that if you will make a connection with people and you will make an inroad with people and you will develop a friendship with people, there will come a time that you have an opportunity to share your faith because people today, my brother-in-law is it will witness to this fact. He talks to a lot of people about, about the Lord, that people know something is getting ready to happen in our world. And people today are hungry for God. They just don't know it. You see, that person that you might not like, that person that you might have a difficult time even, even dealing with, whether they know it or not, they're hungry for a real relationship with Jesus Christ. Religion's never enough. And this is what Paul did. He stood in Athens and he began to preach about Jesus Christ being the true God. He told them your religion is good, but your religion is never enough. He noticed the Greeks were hungry for the true God. Every person today, if, if we will be sensitive to the Lord, people are hunger, hungry to know Jesus Christ. And we've just got to be willing and sensitive to let someone know the good news. To let someone know. Tell, you say, well, I really don't know what to say. I don't know a lot of scriptures. I've never memorized a lot of this and a lot of this. All you... A lot of that, all you got to do is share your own personal testimony. Tell them what Jesus Christ did for you. Tell them how that Christ came and made a difference in your life. That's all that we have to do. And Paul shared with them his own personal story, I believe. Why? Because there's a desire inside of every single person to know God. There's a desire inside of every person to worship God. Why? Because we were created in the image and the likeness of God. And God put this desire in our DNA when he created us to know him, to worship him. And once again, it's evidence because we can go to any society, we can go to any culture, we can go to any point in history, and we will find that people long to worship God. This idea of atheism is a, is a relatively new idea that's just come along in the last hundred years or so where people said felt that they become so wise within themselves that they no longer needed God. And here's what happened. Their own worship of humanity becomes their religion. 
There's people today because they say, well, we're going to go build houses for all the homeless. That's a great thing to do. We're going to feed the hungry. That's a wonderful thing to do. We're going to clothe the orphan. That's a wonderful thing to do. We're going we're gonna to build homes for, for an orphanages. We're going to build hospitals. Those are wonderful things to do. But if we do all of that and we fail to tell people about Jesus, they're still lost in their sin. They're going to die and they're going to go to hell today. But people desire, not just simply humanitarian effort, but people have a hunger for God. I hope you're hungry for God. Religion will not satisfy you. Our world today, I notice, is full of spiritual junk food. You say, what is spiritual junk food? Spiritual junk food is you can, you can find anything that you want to believe in today, okay? You can find someone to tell you anything that you want to hear. If you want to, uh, you, you can find a religion, and all it is is about sensuality. You, you can find a church that, that just teaches sensuality. You can, you can find a church that just teaches prosperity and nothing else. You can find a church that will tell you that you can do anything you want to do. You can find that kind of a place today. But in your heart, you'll still not be satisfied because you'll know this. There's something that's missing, and what is missing is a real relationship with Jesus Christ. Why? Why? Because we were created by God to go after him and to be hungry for him. And our world is full of spiritual junk food today. And spiritual junk food, point number three, will never satisfy you. It seems like to me the older I get, I don't know what it is, Darla. The quality of the junk food's going down. <laughs> you know, used to, I could go, I don't, I don't want to, we're probably going to be a post online. I don't want to name any restaurants, but it seemed like their, stuff, their, their meals used to be better. <laughs> seemed like they used to be more satisfying. Now it's like there's certain places just like I won't even go there because there's nothing they've got on that menu that satisfies me the hunger inside of me. You see, junk food will never satisfy. It might be easy to get your hands on, okay? It might be cheap, okay, easily accessible, but junk food will never satisfy you. Spiritual junk food will never satisfy you. You can go to a church and they can tell you that you could, you could drink and you can smoke and you can do drugs and you can do all this and you have, have all, the, all the illicit sex that you want. You can find a church that will tell you that and, you'll, and you can do it and you can live that way. You'll never be satisfied. You'll know there's something missing. There's some missing ingredient. Why? Because it's just religion. It's just religion. Religion will never satisfy you. Spiritual junk food will never satisfy you. It might give you temporary satisfaction. It is cheap. It is convenient. It is found everywhere. It is even delicious sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. But at the end of the day, you wind up with a stomach ache or you know something's going on. It might be pleasing to the senses temporarily, but it's not lasting. There is no lasting satisfaction. There is no lasting fulfillment in it. Satan is in the business of spiritual junk food. He offers counterfeits. That's the only thing he's got is counterfeits. It's a counterfeit today. It is a counterfeit for the blessings of God. It is a counterfeit for, for walking with God. It is a counterfeit for, for fellowship with God. And the devil says this, you just need 
If you had just a little more popularity, you'd be satisfied. The devil said this, if you had a, a little more prestige, you'll be satisfied. He says, if you had a better car, you'd be satisfied. If you had a better house, you'd be satisfied. If you had one more zero at the end of your yearly salary or your monthly salary, you'd be more satisfied. The devil said this, you need to get a divorce and you'll be satisfied. He says this, have an affair with that lady at the office or that guy, you know, down the street and you'll be satisfied. It's junk food. It's junk food. It might give some kind of a temporary joy and satisfaction, but it's not lasting. It is not lasting. You know, you know sometimes when we're tempted and we give into that, it's like we, we, we have this hunger and the devil brings this temptation to us, okay? Think about your own life. Think about what's happened with you. When the devil brings the temptation, it looks good. Maybe we're all by ourselves. We partake of that thing. And then the next day, what happens? We feel absolutely horrible. We feel the devil comes and heaps guilt and shame and condemnation on us. There's no satisfaction in it. There's no joy in it. There might have been the previous evening, but in the morning, there's no joy. It's what in the world did I do? The devil is in the business of offering spiritual junk food. He says, uh, you need a little more excitement. You need a new relationship. You need a new starting point. You need a little bit stronger fix. All of those things are just counterfeits. They are counterfeits for the blessings of God. They are counterfeits for the, for the satisfaction and the fulfillment that Jesus Christ can give you today. They're only counterfeits because he only offers junk food today. People get addicted to drugs and alcohol because they're trying to fill a void. They're trying to be satisfied in their soul, and nobody sets out. I've got, I've got a family history of, of people that's been addicted. You know, we've got our share. I mean, people, their whole life has been wrecked. They've died prematurely from their addiction. And they didn't start out that way. They, they, did, they didn't start out that way. They didn't start out where they're, where they're literally taking cans of food out of their cabinets and going and selling them so they can get a fix. I've got that in my family. Stealing stuff so they can take it and they can go buy some alcohol or something. People don't start out that way. The devil says, just a little thing. It's not going to amount to much. It's, it's, it's just going to take the edge off. It, 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 it don't really mean anything. There's no joy in it. There's no satisfaction in it. Junk food will never satisfy, satisfy you today. And the devil is in the business of passing out all kinds of junk food. It's getting worse and worse today. People don't set out to get addicted. But they're trying to satisfy the void in their soul. People don't seek to go from relationship to relationship to relationship. But the reason they do is they're trying to satisfy some void in their soul. Junk food would never satisfy you. The fourth thing, the final thing I want to talk about today is this. Jesus is the bread of life. He's the bread of life. John chapter 6, verse 35. Jesus replied, he said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. You see, people are hungry for something. Why? Because you were created by God that way. You were hungry for God. 
You're not just hungry for something. You're hungry for God. You're, you're longing for God today, and people are looking, and people are searching. Jesus is the bread of life today. And people are searching for Jesus, and they just don't even realize it. Let's look at the last couple of verses here in Acts chapter 17. After Paul preached to the people. When they heard Paul speak about the resurrection of the dead, some of them laughed in contempt. But others said, we want to hear more about this later. And that ended Paul's discussion with them. But some joined him and became believers. Among them were uh, Dionysus, a member of the council, a woman named Demarius, and others with him. You see, Paul preached in Athens. He preached the truth. He preached Christ and him crucified. He preached about the resurrection. He preached and told the people that they were hungry for God. He said, listen, your religion, it will never be enough. Going through the motions will never be enough. He told them about Jesus that day. He presented the plan of salvation to each and every one of them. And here's what happened. A lot of people laughed at him. A lot of people made fun of him. A lot of people probably cussed at him. But the wonderful thing is some of them believed. Some of them accepted. And that's what you and I have got to do. We have got to become hungry for God, hungry and full of God, full of the things of God. And then when we're so full of and, and so satisfied with God, we're going to say this, I've got to tell somebody. I've got to share my faith with someone. I've got to share the secret of my joy and happiness and my fulfillment with somebody else. Why? Because every person was created to know God. That person that gives you the most difficult time on your job. You know that one guy, that one person that makes fun of you for being a Christian? <laughs> that you say, God, they're never going to find you as their personal Savior. That is the one that has the greatest void. That's the one that's got the greatest hunger. On the outside, they might seem so hard. They might seem so cynical. But I know this, every person was created by God to know God, to know God. And what we've got to do is we've got to get past the hard exterior sometimes. And we've got to make that connection. We've got to build that bridge. We've got to build that friendship. And we say, you know, several years ago I worked with a guy, and uh, this guy came in. His whole body was one gigantic tattoo, okay? And this is before tattoos became so prominent. So body was a tattoo. This guy had been in prison two or three times. And they brought this guy to work for me. It's like, God, I don't want to work with this guy. And you know what the Lord told me? The Lord said, listen, Bob, I love him every bit as much as I love you. I died for him. Jesus, my son, died for him and rose for him just like you. And who do you think you are to be condemning and ridiculing and finding fault with one of mine. You know what, Chris? I become so convicted that day. And him and I became very close friends. We became good friends. I, he began to talk to me, began, began to share his story with me, began to talk about what's going on in his life, what's happening. You say, Bob, did he get saved? In my knowledge, 
In our meeting, in our time together, no. But I know that seed was planted. I know that the gospel was presented to him. A few years later, he died. He choked to death one night. Just think where I would have been standing before God in eternity if I would have turned my back on him. Just think about it. And a lot of times we look at people, many times we look at broken people and we just shake our head. I can't believe, I can't believe that person's like they are. I can't believe they do what they do. I can't believe that. I can't believe this. Except by the grace of God, that's me. That's me. That's me. If it wasn't, if it wasn't for Jesus, I wouldn't be your pastor today. I would either be dead or in prison. I'm here to tell you that right now. I believe it with all my heart, except for the grace of God. Everybody was created to know God, to learn about God, to walk with God, whether they're rejecting God or not. And what we've got to do is we've got to reach out to those individuals because there's so many people that's wounded, they're hurting, they're broken. Barry and I were talking just before church this morning about some very broken people. What do we do about broken people? Well, we pray for them. We love them. We be the hands and feet of Jesus to them. And then maybe, just maybe, God will give us an opportunity to share Jesus with them. You know? Because our world is full of all kinds of hurting, wounded, broken people. And we just got to be willing to reach out to them and to love them like Jesus today. <clears throat> I'm done. It's over with. But I want you to think about what I've been talking about, okay? I want to encourage you. Listen, this, we're, we're in a brand new season. This is a starting point, okay? And I remember many years ago, we moved into our brand new church building at, in Solid Rock Church in, in Jeff City, Missouri. And uh, we thought, man, this is really cool. This is really neat. We got a really a, a great facility, you know? It was only the beginning. It was a starting point. And through that, we saw many people come in and many lives change and people found Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. This is a starting point, okay? And if God is going to use us, if God is going to use us, we've got to get hungry for God. We've got to, we have to become, get to the point where, where we learn to and, and enjoy talking with the Lord and seeking God and getting into his word and that we're full of the Holy Spirit and we're sensitive to the Lord and we're sensitive to the needs of other people around about us, that we're reaching out to individuals and we're loving them like Jesus does. I've got that kind of a vision. I've got that vision for our church. And this is not the vision that I have. This is not the vision I have for this church. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're part of it. This is not the vision that I have for this church. This is not where I see our church. But I see us going out from here and just loving on people and going out and sharing with people and making an impact in the world that we live in. That's the vision that I had. And I'm praying, God, give me, give me some people that's got a vision. Give me some people. Give me some men, give me some women, give me some families that's got a vision, that's got a hunger for God. Give me some, give me some. God, give me some people. And here's what I, I pray, God, if it's only one person, I'll, I'll start with one person. I'll start with one person that's hungry for you. 
I'll start with one man. We'll start with one man. We'll start with one family that's hungry for God and hungry to impact the world that we live in. We'll start with one or two or three or five or 10 or 20 or 50. We'll start wherever, wherever we need to be. We'll start. That's what God wants us to do. Would you stand with me today? Stand with me today. Hey, come up here and stand up front. Let's all come and stand up front today. We're not going to do anything weird, but just come up here and stand. I just, let's just pray one for another this morning. <laughs> let's, pr let's pray one for another today. God's trying to get us to a new place. God's trying to get us to a new point in him. Come on. Let's pray today, right now, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we were created by you. We were created in your likeness, in your image. God, you put worship in our DNA. You put fellowship in our DNA. Today, dear God, help us. Bless us, I pray. Use us, I pray, that we draw near unto you, dear God. The ball's in our court. It's our time of whether we're going to make up our mind to just keep sitting back doing nothing, or we're going to step up and we're going to be the man that you've designed us and created us. We're going to be the woman that you've designed us and you've created us to be. We're going to be full of you. We're going to be saved by Jesus. We're going to live according to your word. We're going to be guided by your spirit. Help us, I pray, in Christ's name. Help us learn to learn, to grow, to become your hands, your feet, dear Lord. Help us, God, to see the broken people that's all around about us, the lost people that's all around about us. And God, let us not look at our turn and look the other way or be disgusted by them, but give us a burden for someone that needs to know you. It might be a coworker. It might be a next-door neighbor. It might be that person, that family down the street. I don't know. But God, give us a vision. Give us a burden, a love for you and a love for other people. Help us, I pray in Jesus' name. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to put your hand on the person standing next to you, and I want you to pray for them. Come on, pray, pray one for another. Come on, let's really pray. Come on, press and pray for them to know God. Pray for them to know Jesus. Come on, pray for them today. Only God knows what they're going through. Only God knows the burden. Only God knows their struggle. Maybe they're broken. Maybe they need healing today. Come on, pray one for another today. Come on, pray one for another today. 